Presented by the Evangelism Department of the North American Mission Board. This is Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. The podcast to help pastors be on mission in their local community. Here's your host, Joel Sutherland. Welcome to Your Church on Mission Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. Hey, one of the things we know is that every Sunday uh, should be Super Bowl Sunday in the life of the church. There's not a Sunday you can afford to take off. Um, In any kind of church with size, even your holiday Sundays, uh, you're apt to have a guest, uh, a first-time guest, uh, a family member of someone who's been praying and inviting. And look, it may be the holiday weekend that they were able to get off work and come to church. So we really can't afford to take off a Sunday. Every Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. However, there are a few Sundays on the calendar that can, hope it's okay if I say it this way, are more important or need to be leveraged more than other Sundays. Now, as a pastor, you know what those Sundays are. Obviously, uh, the Sunday before Christmas is typically a big day. Uh, The Sunday after school starts back, or maybe sometimes the second Sunday after school starts back is a big day. Uh, The second Sunday in January uh, when school starts back after the holiday break is a big Sunday. Uh, Mother's Day sometimes uh, can be a big Sunday, depending on the demographic of your church. But we all know that, at least for now, the biggest Sunday, the one we need to make sure we leverage, is Easter Sunday. It's just honestly the most important Sunday of the year. There is still built into at least our American culture, Christian culture, this idea that we should seek out a place of worship on Easter Sunday. And so that begs the question, if people are going to go to church somewhere on Sundays, if they're at least going to have the thought, I should go to church on Easter Sunday, how should we leverage that to give it its greatest impact? Well, we want to talk about that for a few moments today. Uh, I want you to listen to this clip by Hal Seed about the importance of leveraging uh, these type Sundays. And then when we come back, we'll talk about it. If you're anywhere near a Marine Corps base, you probably have one of my guys in your church and we're grateful to to seed those to you as well. Uh, My heart for evangelism started 25 years ago when God called me to church planting and uh, I, I prayed a prayer that, that changed my life. Lord, I don't ask you for much today. I just ask that you give me your heart for lost people. Uh, that caused me to leave the church I was an associate pastor in and start New Song in San Diego County. And we've been having fun and like you, challenges ever since then. Uh, I, I have given you a book here because I wanted you to like me. And that's how pastors <laughs> earn chips, right? Uh, <clears throat> At our church, we've discovered that that the key to evangelism is motivating your people to invite their friends. And we say there are 52 great weekends to invite friends, but some weekends are better than others. Like you all know that more people come to Jesus on Easter than any other day of the year. You probably also know that more people come to Jesus on Sunday morning in church than any other place. So this is the central place that we wanna invite people and then invite them to Jesus. And, and there are really about three dates on the calendar that 
America gives us to, to, that are what we would call an elevated excuse to invite people to church. One would be Easter, second would be, for us, Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve. And the third would be Mother's Day is a great day to invite men because women come to church and their husbands don't. And the one day they'll come is when their wives, uh, when they say, what do you want from, from Mother's Day? She says, I want you to come to church today. I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Smith, who is an evangelism consultant at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. And um, Scott, great clip by Hal C. talking about how important Sundays are. Uh, You've noticed that in your experience, too. There are just some Sundays that the lost are naturally going to be in attendance. Yeah, yeah, because events work. Uh, It's an event-based Sunday. One of the things that we've heard Hal say quite a bit is, you know, it, it, everybody's going to go to church the next Sunday, right? Mm-hmm, right. It's always next Sunday. And so, um, he, you know, he calls them elevated excuse Sundays. And I, and Easter just has all of that built in. I love Easter, too, because just the whole theme. Like, you can't not talk about the gospel on Easter unless you try. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's built in if you're talking about the resurrection. And there are multiple ways to tie that in. Uh, but yeah, Easter is absolutely a Sunday that needs to be taken advantage of for promotion and getting more guests into your church. Yeah, so many first-time guests are going to show up on Easter and uh, really members who've been away for a while. It's just an opportunity you just really don't want to miss on several fronts. So there are probably two schools of thought here, and, and I'm not going to subscribe to one of them. One of them is Easter is going to be big on its own, and so just don't worry about it. People will show up. Well, Easter will be bigger on its own probably, but not really what it should be. That's not really leveraging the power of Easter Sunday. The second school of thought is, I think the one you and I subscribe to is, if Easter is going to be a big Sunday, let's throw some gasoline on it. You know, let's make it as big as what we can possibly make it uh, for the gospel's sake that day. And I know in Georgia, uh, you're helping lead your uh, Georgia uh, uh, churches to really put Easter on steroids this year. So I want us over the next few minutes to talk about some ways that you're promoting in Georgia, some things I've done, some things we've seen on really how to make a big deal out of Easter. How do we maximize Easter? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it needs to happen. I want to speak, though, first to that first group that you mentioned, those that just say Easter's going to be big anyway. If, if you stop and think about it, you know, more and more we're hearing that on any given Sunday, you've got about half your folks there, give or take. You get about two Sundays a month out of some of your best members. Mm-hmm. It's what we're hearing more and more. Easter, a lot of times, if you stop and think about it, it's really not always big because of guests. It's just that all your people come back for right. Easter. Right. And so we kind of feel like, because there are some new faces sometimes in the crowd, obviously, mm-hmm. that that. You know, Easter is going to be great on its own, but really, you're a lot of times just garnering your 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 members, your base, back. So what I'm saying is, you will have some guests for Easter almost without trying, but it, you've got to apply real intentionality if you're going to actually see a large number of guests for Easter. Now that's what can happen because of all the momentum that's already built into Easter, just like you've already said. But you've got to apply some intentionality to it. So. What we're doing in Georgia is, and we, you know, we even have some other states looking at what what we're doing. But basically, we've put together a plan that that is a step by step blueprint that counting down to Easter with activities that you do each week with your people or sometimes just solo uh, through the church office to get the word out around Easter as you move toward Easter. It builds momentum. It builds anticipation. It builds mobilization of your members. 
and, uh, and creates really a guaranteed response that you're going to have a lot of guests, not mm-hmm. just your members back, of course, but a lot of guests there for Easter to hear the gospel. Yeah, so let's clarify the win a little bit because the win is not to fill the building up. The win is to get a lot of people far from God to hear the gospel on <laughs> yeah, Easter. It is. It and needs to be treated like an evangelistic event. Exactly. So what you said is true. You know, we have about a 50% attendance rate. For the average church, if, if your church averages 100 in worship, you have about 150 unique attenders a month in all probability. What happens on Easter, they all show up. 95% of them do. So you have 150 plus a few guests, and you'll have 175 on Easter. But... Easter's too important just to get back all the halftime attenders. We, we we want part-time attenders. We want to get people in who haven't heard the gospel or, or have not responded positively to the gospel. And that requires more than just saying, oh, Easter's here next week. Let's all bring. So if we're talking about how to bring in people far from God into our context, uh, let, let's give some practical ideas. Now, Scott, we're recording this. This won't This podcast won't be up in February but we're recording it in February. I mentioned Easter at my church this week. Yeah. Uh, when should, and I think Easter is about the third Sunday yeah. in April this year. W- when should you start, before we say what to do, When, when do you, when's your idea of when we should do it? You, you need to start talking about Easter two months ahead of Easter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would say the first thing you need to do is is kick it off with a prayer campaign. Now, now before I get into that, the the first the first reason that you need to come eight weeks out from Easter is that the further out you mention something, the bigger deal it is. Right. It, just bottom line, it's just psychologically that's what we know. If it's if it's important enough, you're going to mention it sooner. And so eight weeks out also allows you to make it a big campaign. You you can't come you can't do a big campaign three weeks out no. from Easter. And Easter is a big campaign. Now why does it need to be a big campaign? Because of something that I call saturation. Uh, the thing that makes an Easter campaign or any campaign work is the concept of saturation. We are, we've never been in a, a more noisy culture. There's a lot of marketing messages. Everybody's getting too many phone calls, too many emails, too many texts. And so they're constantly having to sift through all kinds of messages. So what, what a newspaper ad used to do you know, mm-hmm. 25 years ago mm-hmm. It takes 10 times that uh, in a more concentrated uh, time uh, frame to get that same amount of attention. And so uh, it's going to take a lot of activity. So you're literally going to need to be working some angle of building up toward Easter every single week for at least seven weeks leading up. Yeah. So uh, a phrase I bounce around a lot, we talk about it a lot, that listeners may not be familiar with is a marketing phrase called top of mind positioning. Yes. And really what you want to do when we're talking about saturation, you want to so saturate your area with um, news about your church that when they say, honey, where are we going to go to church on Easter? The first church that pops in your mind, the top of your mind is, oh, I've been hearing a lot about X church. Yeah. Yeah. and so that's why some guys may think, oh, that's a lot. Well, it takes a lot to get top of mind positioning. It, it takes a lot to saturate your, your market. And it's, so it's been called the rule of seven. I don't know that it's always seven, but it's they say seven touches to get top of mind positioning. So Coca-Cola mm-hmm. will gladly put up billboards all over Atlanta that they cannot track the response on mm-hmm. simply because they understand the rule of seven. In other words, 
any product or brand is putting it in front of you seven times. It'll be a Facebook ad. It'll be uh, a postcard in the mail. It'll be a commercial on television. They know that if they can hit you seven times, then now for that product, uh, if it's you know laundry detergent, it would be Tide, right? Because right. Tide is dominated. So so yeah, we're doing the same thing with uh, with with our church brand or our church name, and uh, so you're competing with every church on the corner they see on their way to work every day. And, and you're competing with any other church that's doing anything else, maybe online mm-hmm. or whatever. But you've got to think, what are the multiple touches that we're going to lay out in a plan over a set period of time to get top of mind? Yeah. So we're going to dive in in some of those things that'll help. We don't have to take them in chronological order. Let's just mention some things before we dive into the list. One more thing. Uh, just so a pastor, if you're listening, kind of understands the ebb and flow I like to start January off with a huge push. As a matter of fact, we set record attendance numbers in January. But then, kind of about this point in February, you kind of want it to quieten down a little bit. And here's what I mean by that. Because you want to start ramping up Easter. And Mm -hmm. some guys are thinking, well, man, Easter's eight, nine weeks away. Well, I want that big of, I don't want to be, I don't want competing agendas going on for the next two months. I want every ministry in the church, everything going, no big events between now and Easter. Everything is preparing for the ramp up. It's preparing yep. for the saturation. It's preparing for the top of mind positioning. So just so if you're a pastor listening in, uh, March is not the time to be pushing the most awesome sermon series you've ever preached and take a spotlight off Easter, mm-hmm. unless it's part of Easter, perhaps. Um, you know, it's a good time to, you know, obviously be doing a, as good a job as you can, but still let all your promotion efforts be going into Easter May seem premature, but I think it's worth it. Oh, that's the, good. In the end, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's really good. Yeah. So let's let's just talk about Scott, and we'll let a pastor put these in order mm-hmm. uh, based on what he um, uh, on you know maybe what fits the culture of his church. Let's talk about some offline ideas for mm-hmm. promoting Easter. Well, the first one is the prayer campaign. Now, that's that doesn't seem promotional, but again, it's you're developing awareness in your people. You're getting them to build expectation and anticipation and expectancy. And, and prayer is a way to do that. Obviously, prayer works. That's the first reason we do it. Uh, you know, we, we pray and God moves, bottom line. So we want to start praying for the lost people that they work with, they go to school with. But also, it's building what you're going to need in terms of momentum to mobilize them in the other pieces. So. Sure. I would say start with a prayer campaign, even though it doesn't feel like promotion, it really is. Yeah, and be as creative as you want to be with that or be as uncreative as you want to be with that. Yeah. Like that that can be a high degree of creativity or that can be, here are index cards, write down seven names you want to, I mean, you don't have to go to the printer and have something printed. No. I mean, you just, you can, and that's awesome, and mm-hmm. I, I do, but you don't have to do that. I yeah. mean, three by five, it doesn't have to be, you know, nail something to a cross or whatever, but you want hearts and minds turned. I mean, we firmly believe, you know, that the Holy Spirit convicts the hearts of those of people who are far from right. God. And, and so prayer is the beginning step in that for us is mm-hmm. we're praying God really convicts people that we're going to invite. Praying for specific people. By name. Praying for opportunities that God bring people in your own life yep. that you can speak to. Uh, prayer ought to be a multi-week effort if not a multi-month effort leading up to Easter. Yeah, so how Seed does a seven by seven, that's what we're promoting in Georgia right now for folks to do is a seven 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 names for seven weeks mm-hmm. is how that works. So you, you would print out a card like that. It could be a three by five card. 
a lot of churches do make it visual. Nail, nail half the, you know, write the same names on two halves of the card. Take the card in half. The half of it is kept in the Bible yep. and, or whatever. And then the other half goes up on a cross or taped to a wall or laid on the altar, uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah, start with a prayer campaign. Then I would, I would move into um, looking at something like, uh, you know, starting to, to get some bumper stickers out or window clings, mm-hmm. something that people can put on their vehicles that for at least a month, you know, they're going to ride around with those. And, uh, and you, you've got some creative ideas on how to make that fun. Oh, yeah. We, we do a prize patrol. Uh, so uh, the staff carries around um, gifts in their car. And when they're riding around and about, uh, during the day or whatever, uh, they'll look for people with a window cling on their car. They'll take a selfie with that person, giving them a gift, go put it up, post it on our Facebook page, and they call it the prize patrol. You know, yeah. they, they go around, and it really encourages people to get one of those bumper stickers or window clings or whatever you want to call it. I, I call it being a window witness, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, because it's kind of cute. And if you find somebody that doesn't have it on there, you. you yeah. Well, what ha- and what happens when people see that is they start. There's a little bit of fear of missing out. Yeah, you know, FOMO. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> uh, right. You know, I, I, you know, they want to get in on that. So that's good. Again, you're starting to get visual in the neighborhood. Um, now, I know some people are thinking right there. Wait, make a bumper sticker or window clean just for Easter or general? And I say just for Easter. Just for Easter. Just, just yeah, for Easter. absolutely. Yeah, that's a good question we get a lot. You know, people want to make bumper stickers evergreen and 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 year round. There's a place for that, but. Uh, when you're talking about using them for a campaign like this, you definitely need to make it specific. Another thing would be yard signs, yep. uh, which are easy to get printed and, and hand out. Uh, that's pretty common. Postcards, obviously, are part of the mix. Um, the problem with postcards is, number one, that's all churches do sometimes, which is a mistake. Mm-hmm. Again, back to the top of mind thing. So what happened, here, here's what will happen. If, if all you do is a postcard, it probably won't do a good job by itself, and then you'll say postcards don't work, and then you won't do any more, and that's a problem. Right. Uh, you, you, postcards always need to be combined with other things that are going out to the community. So door hangers, uh, you know, we've already mentioned some other visuals, yard signs, bumper stickers. That's They reinforce the effectiveness of a postcard campaign, and I would say if you can afford it, do two postcards for the same mm-hmm. campaign or – Follow up your Easter with another postcard oh, in the good. summer for like God and Country Day or Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and that postcard is actually going to be more effective because you sent out an Easter postcard. You no, always need to think in terms of in, uh, with postcards as mul- again multiple touches. Yeah, and I don't remember if I've mentioned my wife is a realtor, and in real estate terms, they call it seeding the community. Yep, you, you want to seed the community multiple times. They never. They say don't send out one postcard mailing. Have a plan with a multi-postcard mailing. Yep. And we, you would view postcards as kind of complimentary, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's not a standalone mm-hmm. item, but it's a complement to other things that you're doing yep. at the same time. Uh, so what, do you, what, are you, what are your thoughts on, we're talking offline, do newspaper ads and billboards, is that worth it? Are there some communities that kind of thing works? Yeah, it's or? All, at that point, it becomes about budget. Yeah. Um, if you've got a guy in your church that owns a plane and he'll fly around your neighborhood and, and you, you know, you guys are talking about actually doing that, yeah. great. But if you're renting a plane and it costs five grand, yeah, you know, it's then, not worth right. So you have to weigh the, but yeah, those things are effective. I mean, the reason billboards are still up is because they do work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are churches listening, there are pastors listening to this that they actually rent a billboard in their area every month. I'm thinking of some I pass 
on I-75 that I know the church, I know the pastor, and they just, that's in their budget. So yeah, those those definitely work. One, and change it out for Easter. Yeah. No, let me let me say this is really important in terms of both offline and online and how they work together. All those pieces need to always come back to an Easter landing page. One of the things that churches fail to do mm-hmm. is they fail to create a custom landing page just about Easter on their website. So I would say you need to have a web page dedicated to Easter, not a little blurb, not just a little graphic. Right. Preferably with a welcome video from the pastor or an invitation video from the pastor, inviting them to Easter. All the benefits of coming, if you've got childcare, if you're serving a free breakfast, if you're having you know an extra service. I mean, everything needs to be really laid out cleanly and nicely with not a lot of buttons and distractions and clink, mm-hmm. uh, link, link clicks away from the page, but just a, a nice, big, clean page, preferably with a video on it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, about your Easter services. Because that link, so calvarybaptist.com forward slash Easter 2017 or whatever, that's the link that's going to go on the postcard. That's mm-hmm. going to go on the yard signs. That's going to go on... All these other offline pieces. Well, and you you said something that really guys need to hear: forward slash Easter. Don't don't overcomplicate it. Don't don't forward slash Easter. I would suggest using forward slash Easter simply in and take it down two weeks after Easter, and then put it back up next year with changed out pieces. It doesn't need to be up all year long, Mm -mm. Um, and and then take it out. And then that page is for guests. That's so right. that's important to hear. Yep. You want guest specific information. What time are the services? Really big. Where do I park? Really big. Where do my children go? You know, those mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, and then that needs to be combined as part of your Easter effort with your hospitality ministry and people in the parking lot and, and people at doors well answering questions. Uh, yeah, that landing page is the hub of where we're sending everybody to to Easter. So we've, we've morphed over into, um, to be clear, to be clear, (laughs) never make it just your website link where they go to the homepage. No, do not do that. You're because let me tell you what I know about church homepages. They're cluttered. They're busy. Uh, even the newer styles, there's too much. It's, it's confusing. And so if, if you're sending out pieces on Easter, you need to have the first thing they need to see when they go to the link is, it needs to be all about Easter. Exactly. So we, we've morphed over into online now, Scott. Um, you know, even churches that are small, you know, that don't have large budgets, they don't have staff, maybe a bivocational pastor. Sometimes they think online, well, that's, I can't do that. I'm not a big church. But really, that's where they get the biggest bang for their buck is, oh, yeah. is online. Uh, let's walk through some online ideas. Let's start with the, we've got the landing page kind of talked about. So let's talk about the big, the you know, the big dog, which would be Facebook. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now you've got a, an Easter page link that you can post to Facebook. Mm-hmm. So uh, you need to create posts around Easter, and those need to be creative images that you can post. Uh, a lot of churches listening to this, they have a designer on staff or someone that's a volunteer that can create images that are optimized and sized right for Facebook. Um, I would never post without an image. Uh, mm-hmm. I would always make sure that I have an image with my post. I would always make sure that my post has a link to my way, my Easter page uh, in that post. And uh, if you don't have a designer on staff or you don't have a volunteer that can do this, 
There are free uh, places online you can create great looking graphics such as canva.com, C-A-N-V-A, canvas without the S on the end, .com is a great place to make super uh, professional looking images free. Mm -hmm. uh, and if, if you do pay for an image, it's like a buck. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's super cheap. So I'm recommending that quite a lot to, to churches that have maybe a secretary or, or someone doing it just on, on the fly. Even a pastor that doesn't have a lot of design savvy can sit down and make great looking images that are pre-sized for Facebook. And so there's, there's a, there's an ad size already on there, uh, that says Facebook ad. There's one called social media posts, but look for the one that says Facebook ad that's the size you want, and uh, click that, uh, customize it for your church, download it, and post it. So I would do that first. And then beyond that, you want to use that boost button. Now, we're talking about posting to your Facebook page. Mm -hmm. That is your church page. And so when you post up to a page, uh, a button will appear after you hit publish that says boost. And what you'll find when you hit that is, is several things. First of all, you can target by zip code. You could target by your city plus a radius, like 10 miles, 20 miles, 50 miles, which is probably a little much for most. Uh, you want to stay in a smaller radius. And uh, it's cheap. You can just for $5, $10, maybe even $20 hit a lot of people. I've found that Facebook's visibility numbers are actually lower. Their estimates are lower of how many you'll reach because here's what's going to happen. When you boost that post and you begin to boost it to your zip code, your church members are going to see that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And as you know as well as anybody, Joel, they're going to hit the share button a yeah. lot. Which is what so, you want to happen. Absolutely. So now you're getting free views, mm -hmm. and so your reach goes way up when your people get involved in this process. But that boost uh, post button would be the, the icing on the cake. It's something you really need to make happen, and it may, it really sweetens the whole Facebook approach. So on Facebook, how far out, in your opinion, should – how many weeks out do you start advertising Easter? I, I would say three weeks, uh, three weeks to a month. I would start doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would I would mix in other things. You know, we just talked about an image post. Do a video. Uh, video views are cheap. I mean – super cheap. Not only that, Facebook tends to give preference to video anyway. Mm -hmm. So when your people share that video, and that needs to be a video preferably of the pastor, mm -hmm. um, you know, talking about Easter, giving an invitation, and talking about the distinctives of Easter. Like, what makes your Easter different? What are you doing at your church that makes it a little bit different? Um, and, and I would put myself in the mind, you know, just Easter alone doesn't draw people. Uh, you need to position it as, you know, one of the things we're, we're talking about in Georgia is we're kind of couching it as, hey, pitch, pitch it as a new, start your new beginning campaign. So talk to people that are far from God. Talk to people that are struggling in life and say, hey, you want to start over? Easter's a great time to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and just, again, you know, they, all, they always say that good marketing, and you could insert the word promotion, enters the conversation already happening in the mind of the prospect. So the person we're trying to reach, they don't think churchy, they don't use church words, and they're not having a churchy experience. A lot of them haven't had a God thought in months. And so you need to touch uh, in your video invitation somewhat of a felt need, somewhat of a sense of their the fact that they may want to reconnect with God or feel disconnected from God, that may, maybe they're facing challenges, or maybe they just need to be reminded that there's... Uh, that the world is about something bigger than themselves. You know, that tap into that idea of that they believe that there's a God or maybe there's a God they need to connect with and use that kind of language in your video. Yeah. So 
we've got to wrap it up. Any other thing digitally you think a pastor needs to be doing? Yeah, you know what? Uh, one of the best tips I've ever heard, and I got this from Ike Reichard, who got it from Bill Purvis. Uh, at the end of the service, the Sunday before Easter, have a time where everybody pulls out their phone and texts somebody that they want to invite to Easter. Mm. Uh, that that's a little digital way, you know, texting is probably underutilized, but what we know is 97% of texts get read within two minutes. Yeah. And so email's great. Uh, all these other ways are great, but, uh, texting is pretty powerful and you can get your people to do that. Yeah. I, together. I did that back in the, before 2010 where, you, you know, you didn't have unlimited texting, you know, I'd encourage oh, yeah. people to use one of your texts, you know, <laughs> use five of your texts, inviting a friend to church. Yeah. Because uh, it's just that powerful. People look at it immediately, and I would often get yeses. Yeah. And people would come to me but after the service was over and say, Preacher, let me show you. I texted two people, and both of them said yes uh, on Easter. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a great. powerful, that's, powerful is. invitation tool. Well, then just as a final admonition, let me say this, Pastor. All this so that on Easter Sunday, don't forget, preach the gospel. Hmm. Don't overthink Easter, which is what kind of most of our tendency is to do. Don't overthink Easter. No need to be creative. Tell your church Easter is not for those of you who come every week. It's for those who this may be their first time. Preach a preach a good, simple gospel message and then give multiple opportunities to respond, whether that be walk down the aisle. Easter tends not to be a great walk down the aisle service. Uh, let everybody in the church register. Put, an, put a decision checkbox. Lead in the sinner's prayer. Have people stationed at doors. You go to a door. I mean, you you try to figure out five to seven good ways to give an invitation, and you'll be shocked at what God will do in that. Chris, Chris Hodges gave the best idea, and Chris Hodges is at Church of the Highlands, one of the fastest growing churches in America. Uh, they put out an ABCD uh, section of their card on their Connect card uh, on Easter Sunday. A and and he just challenges people. Would you just circle one? A is I'm already a believer. B, I need to be baptized. I'm a believer, but I haven't been baptized. C, I'm considering becoming a believer. And then D is, I don't believe. And he said, it's interesting, one year over the other, how many P, how many Ds become Bs? Oh, And, and so great. A, B, C, D, and, and that's a good thing to put on the card. And that's one way some people can respond. And that's how that will be their response in many cases. They just circle that C, I'm considering becoming a believer. That's somebody you want to follow up with. The card goes in the plate or handed at the usher at the door, and you get to follow up and often lead people to Christ. So something simple like that, I just wanted to share. Really leverages Easter in a great way. And so, Pastor, you have an opportunity this Easter to make a huge impact. Leverage it. Take all of these ideas, some of these ideas, use them to saturate your community, and pray you have a fantastic day this Easter. Thanks for listening to Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. To find out more about leading your church on mission, be sure and check out the blog, www.namb.net forward slash your church on mission. To send in a comment or question, email it to evangelism at namb.net.